This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. Today's topic is going to be around how to prepare clients for media interviews. We know that whether it's a client, a, you know, a seasoned CEO who's been on TV or been in, you know, speaking to the media quite a bit, it's their hundred and first time or it's their first time. Um, and especially if it's live, it's really stressful. It is a high pressure situation and we want to help our clients be prepared for whatever the interviewer throws at them and they might have to answer something that's a really challenging question on the fly that they don't anticipate. If your client doesn't feel comfortable and confident during the interview, it will not result, it'll backfire on both of you. So it's not going to be that great killer feature that you were expecting like oh my god I got them an interview in the New York Times um you know that you guys are kind of both looking for and it is our job as PR pros to ensure that this situation doesn't backfire that doesn't happen they don't get caught off guard they're not scrambling like you know deer in headlights they're not frozen with concern about what to say because they didn't prepare for it. So I'm going to share with you six really powerful strategies to help you ensure your clients are prepped, they're ready to go for that next media interview, and you feel confident pitching them because you know they're going to nail it. So one of the things that I teach, I preach, I know is so incredibly important when you kick off client relationships and then you work managing client expectations, it is to immediately, even before they've signed the retainer, set those expectations. Let them know what is likely to happen. Because you have to ask. You may not have gotten to that information on the sales call that they expect in the first month or two, you're going to be pitching GMA and land them a morning segment you know, or the Today Show in the nine o'clock hour, like it is not going to happen. And if they think that's going to happen, you're never going to make them happy. So, and you should know that before you sign the contract, because if that is their expectation and they're not willing to hear from you what reality is, then you're not going to be successful. They're going to be miserable to work with because they're always going to be disappointed no matter what you get them. You could get them a segment on their local news, which is what you have to tell them is how they build up their telegenic muscle and they get that reel you can share. You show the producers that they're telegenic. They can carry a segment. They know what they're doing. They're engaging. You can't get national features unless it's something like a a lightning in a bottle, like a viral video or something along those lines, right? If it's just an expert sharing their advice, their story or whatever, you have to prove them out on different avenues. It could even be somebody's like Instagram 
show or Facebook Live. So many clients don't understand the strategy or the ladder that they have to climb to get to the big national features for the attention they're seeking without climbing those smaller rungs first. And you need to get to the bottom of that before they sign the agreement. And you have to let them know that it is like cumulative, it builds momentum, and there's a lot that gets proved out with these smaller publications, okay? Now you're getting clients ready for media interviews. So the first thing you're going to do is get their assets in order. And honestly, you should have this done before you pitch your clients for anything, let alone media interviews. But the specific assets that you may need, um, they may differ based on your niche, but you definitely need updated photography, like a headshot for them, a complete press kit with bio, um, backgrounder on the company, any samples perhaps if you happen to work with products or if it's uh, an app or something that is more, you know, tech driven, you want to have access to, you know, a lot of times there's like a soft launch or a beta launch, you have to be able to give access to the media to get on those platforms and try them out and understand so they can speak credibly about them when they're asking those questions. You have to have updated website links that are really built out with a ton of information. And the potential interviewer or the outlet may specify their need for additional assets, like a reel, um, probably going to want a reel. It could be podcasts. You can edit it together for them, just showing they can carry a segment. They're telegenic. Um, they want probably some facts, like fact sheets, so they can quickly pull information to round out their story and also round out the questions they ask by having up-to-date information. And of course, I mentioned it before, but really important to have that interviewee bio. And the bio should also include something around the why. You know, why did they create this company? Who do they serve? How do they serve them? What are they trying to accomplish with their expertise? Or what is their, if they're sharing um, a transformation, did they have the transformation? Do they coach other people how to have the transformation? You know, how many people have they successfully led through this transformation? All of that should be included in the bio because it leads to credibility. And when the interviewee is sharing who they're talking to, the audience is going to pay attention. Um, but if your client doesn't have any of these or all of these, you need to help them get on that ASAP because the media is going to ask and you need to be able to turn out replies quickly so that you don't miss an opportunity. And when you have your client's asset locked down, like they're on lock, they're, they're ready to go buttoned up, you can confidently and easily pitch them last minute opportunities that come up. So you don't have to waste time tracking down missing assets. You're going to be stressing your client out, stressing out your contact because they're running up against a deadline or you're trying to gather everything right before the interview. That's stressful. Your client's like, why didn't you have it all together? They don't know what they need. You just have to tell them, do you have this? And if not, let me help you create it. And uh, that's going to allow you to be able to respond immediately when a journalist um, or an interview interviewer requests your client's assets and it'll make your job much easier. And the client will appreciate that 
you have thought through everything in advance. So they're just able to focus on the questions and that opportunity to be interviewed and your media contacts obviously love when you're prepared and they're not waiting on you for a deadline. So that's first gather assets. And if they don't have it, you have to help them pull them together. So number two, prepare and share a briefing document. Okay. Super important briefing documents. As soon as your client's interviews confirmed, you should start writing up a briefing document to share with them, with the team, with everybody who needs this information. And this will include, the briefing document will include general themes and topics of the interview, recommended messaging, like key messaging um, in bullets so it's easy to remember, and any anticipated questions. And if there are any specific quotes or statistics that you want your client to be able to use and to state cold so that they're ready, they have those stats ready to go. And the more technical meeting details, like the date, the time, the location, give a Zoom link, give an address, schedule it in their calendar, make sure they approve it. If they have somebody who does their scheduling, make sure that person knows they can get them on the phone at that time, that's really important that they're accessible. Because I can't tell you how many times members of our community will lock down a virtual interview, even with a publication like the New York Times, and the client will ghost them and just say, oh, I thought I didn't think it was that important or I wasn't really available that day. Well, you you know, you said you were, we booked it. That impacts your <laughs> relationships. If you have a client ghost, your contact at a publication, that's going to reflect poorly on you. So this briefing document will do a really good job of giving them the information they need. You also want to include the interviewer's name, their contact information, maybe pull a little bio on that interview interviewer and some of their most recent stories. That's your client's homework. They need to read up on the person who's going to be interviewing them. They have to be able to like, sometimes you match somebody's energy level, you match their personality, you want to be able to have a back and forth discussion. It really helps if you know what you're going into and who's going to be chatting with you on the other end. The briefing document helps the interview run smoothly, keeps your client on track, but that is just a starting point. Um, that document alone isn't adequate enough. That's not the pure full prep. This is just getting you aligned on when, what, who, and all of that. And then you're going to have a prep session one-on-one -on -one with your client and you can add your own notes. You can build that out a little bit depending on how things roll out. You're also going to explain how you'll participate in the interview. So it's really common for PR pros to sit in on client interviews, whether they're online, on the phone, or in person. We did have a lot of uh, virtual interviews and we would be on Zoom off camera, off audio, and just be available. Sometimes you can even message your client, which is really nice. Um, if your client has never done a media interview before, they may not even know this. So you want to let them know your role 
and how you'll be participating. And since you're not the focus of the interview, you won't have a ton of input, obviously, but your client should be prepared for you to maybe jump in when necessary to clarify or to um, remind them of something. Um, the goal is to not have to do that because I think it it has a, a subtle impact on their confidence and the interviewer's perception of their trustworthiness, depending on the questions, or their knowledge on the subject. If you have to like, you know, nudge them and be like, remember this, you know, it's, a, it's your company. Why don't you know that? Um, what are you hiding or why don't you know this information? So try not to participate. But before the interview, quickly explain to your client why you're going to be there for the interview and what your purpose will be. So your presence should give them confidence. Don't cause unnecessary stress before the interview by emphasizing how you'll be there to correct them or redirect the conversation. If it goes on a tangent, that'll like stress them out. Oh my God, I can't go on a, on a tangent. You know, like they're going to say something because then if you do say something, they're going to be like, what did I do wrong? I went off on a tangent. Instead, remind them that you're there in case the interviewer goes off script. Your client maybe blanks on a statistic or something along those lines or the examples that they want to share um, that you guys prepped and it's in the prep document or your client is asked about an upcoming launch that they can't share yet. You know, you can make it, oh, well, you know, I'm so glad you asked about that, but we can't share just yet. But as soon as we can, you will be the first to know, promise. You know, like make it like mm, super secret, but when we're ready, we're coming back you know, uh, and help the client um, handle that because they may be caught off guard and may, sometimes they just get like word diarrhea and they just are like, oh yeah, we have this upcoming launch. And you're like, oh my God, you weren't supposed to talk about that. Anyway, remember, they're not communications professionals. <laughs> so you are also going to give your client homework. Like I said, your client should be familiar with the interviewer, their publication, their media outlet, that's before the interview even begins. So you're going to send them that um, briefing sheet with a handful of the most recent pieces and some of the publications, most relevant articles, videos to review, some that are even uh, some that are in the same vertical that your client might appear on or the same segment type or, uh, you know, the same uh, pub, uh, interviewer has asked those questions. You can see the interviewer style. You can do that in the briefing document and you can show them that they should start to take in the interviewer's tone, their expertise, um, whether they stay on topic or if they're like a gotcha, you know, like trying to, you're doing something media related that's a like a, a reputation rehabilitation, right? And something that happened in the past that was maybe a little negative may come up. Um, sometime, and, and it will, and you prep your client for that. But sometimes interviewers will just keep going and they want to get a rise out of you. They want to get a reaction. You know, it's like that gotcha journalism. Um, you can be there too you know, make sure your client stays on track and the interviewer stays on track. But also, if you watch segments from the interviewer in the past, you can tell if that's the type of journalist they are. 
and get them ready. They may push you a little bit. You're going to be ready. Your feathers will not get ruffled because you know this may happen. Um, and you also want them to start to get a sense of how to connect with the interviewer that they're going to be talking to just right off the bat so that they can have a, match the tone and everything. They'll learn more about the audience, the voice of the publication. It's just really helpful for them to come into it having done some diligence prepping what they want to say, but also having an awareness of what the interview could or should be like. The homework is really important. Um, the client's language, the words they use, the way they talk may have to change depending on the interviewer and their audience. So your client may need to tone down any industry jargon. If it's too technical, um, they may have to find ways around using terms that aren't uh, universally understood or recognized in that interview because it's more, you know, mass population, mass market. Um, it's not so niche down. So you want to ensure that any technical jargon, legal jargon, anything that's too um, high level and you know nitty gritty details and specific um, are going to have to be kind of like dumbed down, right? Like talk as if you're talking to your aunt who doesn't really know anything at what, about what you do, or hey, this audience is very savvy, the interviewer has obviously like a great level of technical understanding. Um, you can speak the language here, you know, and um, sometimes, you know, when you like define a word by using the word itself and you're just like, well, like that doesn't help. So any, if you're trying to explain something by also using technical details, that's going to be confusing too. So have a way that you're able to describe something that's maybe a little technical or uses industry jargon in plain English. So it's easier to prepare for those things beforehand um, so that you can have new descriptions, new explanations, because if you're doing that on, on the fly or on air, it's one of those things that can cause your client to get flustered. Okay, and sometimes they're used to preparing like technical documents for um, investors, right? Or the kinds of people they're used to communicating with, they just get it. Um, you know, engineers or marketers or whatever, um, they're used to these technical terms. And they may not, the client you're talking, you're having on the error may not have ever had to dumb it down. And so they might need your help because they think it's very obvious. And the average lay person will be like, my brain is scrambled. I don't know what this person's talking about. Um, the next thing, you are going to hold a mock interview with your client. They have to take it seriously. If your client has never done a media interview before, this is the best way to prepare. They're going to get more comfortable speaking in an interview environment. They're going to know what to expect from the real thing. You know, bonus points if you can simulate the same kind of tech setup as the actual interview. If they're going to be in person on camera, set that up. They can see themselves. They can watch themselves. If it's going to be Zoom, record it so they can watch it back. You'll get a better sense of their strengths and their weaknesses in interviews, and then you can adjust their strategies accordingly. Sometimes they get tripped up on certain things. They can't remember facts and figures. And then when they can't remember stuff, 
it just looks like they're kind of incompetent or they're lying, right? It's not just like they're nervous. It's that they're incompetent or they're lying. And that's obviously not the case. So you just want to ensure, okay, if that way, those three words together are going to trip you up, let's find another way to say it. You know, like it's a tongue twister and they can't ever spit it out, right? So you want to make sure you roll through your talking points and um, they are able to spit them out efficiently and <laughs> with you know, clarity and authority. Otherwise, they look like they don't know their stuff, right? So schedule a call with your client for the mock interview. You're going to act as the interviewer, obviously, and start by asking your client basic questions and then move into the more unique ones that the interviewer is going to ask. You want them to talk about themselves, their bio, short and sweet. They can't, they can't ramble, you know, you want to make sure the client's not rambling on and on because certain things are going to be asked. You know that. So they should have like succinct responses because if this is a local segment, let's say, that is going to be used in the future to show they're telegenic, to show their they can carry a segment um, all about showing this person is a great interview. And if you're talking to them and they can't even talk about who they are, what they do, and they're rambling on and on, you want to make sure that they have, you know, short and sweet and don't. It's like, I remember being an attorney and prepping clients for their uh, depositions. And you don't want them answering anything more than what was asked of them. Your clients in interviews for the media should give a little more color and a little more personality, but really they should not go off on a tangent, okay? So when you're having this mock interview, you're gonna take notes on what you'd like your client to improve on um, before they have that actual interview. You're gonna record this as a video call, review it together afterwards so you can give feedback. And the goal is to get them prepped and ready and comfortable and confident for whatever happens. You might even try asking them those harder questions that are going to get them flustered so they have experience answering them when they're not expecting to, okay? And then they'll see themselves on camera and you'll say, you know, do you want to go through that again and give them more uh, training and opportunity to improve that um, response and keeping things succinct. So I think the footage is really good uh, because you can see if they have weird mannerisms. Um, they're talking with their hands. They're like slumped in their chair. They can see all of that. They're not making eye contact. Uh, you know, the other thing too is, you know, let them know about their clothing, um, something bright, not stripes. If they're going to be on TV, stripes tend to make the camera like wonky. Um, not white, just not white, not black. Some people love those colors, but white is, I think, the worst. I don't remember why, but black just sucks the life out of you a little bit. So, you know, bright, colorful. Um, you want them looking and feeling their best. So the last thing is confidence for your clients, and that is what you're there for, to cheer them on. You remind them, you can do this. You know, you got this. Like, you're awesome. You got this. Knowing that you've prepared is totally different than feeling prepared. 
your client knows their stats. Okay, great. Key messaging. And they know all of this, like the back of their hand. There's always that like pre-interview jitters, especially if this isn't something they do a lot. Um, that will sneak in. It'll throw things off course. It'll make them like forget, um, you know, I, I also try to let them know that feeling of like jitteriness. I tell this to my kids all the time, that nervousness and excitement, anxiety and excitement feel really similar. You know, anticipation of something and being nervous about it and feeling excited, they feel really similar. And so I try to get them, my kids at least, in their head to look at that feeling, that pit in their stomach, like their heart fluttering or like their hands, you know, as excitement, their body is like, okay, it's time, let's do this, right? And like a reframe, just so that they aren't like, oh my God, I'm so nervous, but it's like, wow, I'm really excited about this. I must really care. This must be really important to me. This must be a really cool opportunity. Little mindset shift. You can try that with your clients. Um, but this is where you come in and you're there to support them. Um, you are there to help them succeed, make sure they know they can work through that jitteriness or that stage fright. It doesn't matter. The only person that they're talking to is the interviewer. That's it. You know, it doesn't matter if it's broadcast anywhere. It's, you know, nobody, it, it, if they're being judged or what, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. You know, it's just about answering the questions and thinking that it is a wonderful opportunity for you, for, for the client, their business, to share what they love, share what they're passionate about. And that should be exciting. You know, it shouldn't make them like freaked out. They're going to enjoy it a lot more if they're just like, oh my God, I can't wait. This is going to be so awesome. Like I'm going to make this awesome. So take some time before the interview, make sure your client believes in themselves, right? Um, they feel comfortable. They feel confident. Um, this is what I want to have you do for your clients. And you can do this for yourself. Anytime you're going into anything, a new client pitch meeting, the client's going on an interview, you're meeting a new person or you're going on a date or you're going out to meet the moms, you know, like I kind of get a little nervous when I go out and meet the moms, you know, you can decide who you want to be in that moment, the best version of yourself, not a fake not a phony version, the best version of yourself. Confident, supportive, interested. I remind myself to be interested. I want to ask people about themselves. I want to know, you know, about their, where they're from. I like to know what trips they've taken. I want to know about their careers, um, their kit, like all of that. And, and I feel like when you are interested and you ask questions, people tend to like you more because you're showing them, I care about you. I care about what you're up to. Um, and for me, that's genuine. I really want to know, like, what are you up to? Like, where do you go on your vacation? Any vacations planned? Um, you know, how is it going with your kid trying to remember something that they told you the last time you talked, but you can remind yourself, like I get on client calls and so I tell myself I'm confident. I know my stuff. And so I'm come in and be like super confident in what I do and all of that. It's a mindset. 
and you can tell yourself how you want to show up. Remind your clients in interviews, ask them, how do you want to be perceived? Who do you want to be? You know, you get to decide. Um, how do you want to show up on this call and make sure they are reminded just beforehand who they want to be, how they want to be perceived. If you're able to be with them, either if it's in person or virtually right before the call, you know, shake off the nerves, get excited, put up some music, like what's their pump you up song? Um, what's your pump you up song? Whatever it is. Quit quick pep talk, like bring the energy up. You want to bring the energy up. That'll help shake off the nerves and that'll get them showing up with the highest energy because to energy tends to like go down as you're talking. You want to have them show up just energized and excited. And if not, you can, if you can't be there, you can't join live, you're not going to be present with them. Give them some kind of grounding exercises to complete before the call for a quick confidence boost. And that's where you can remind them. Remember you told me you want to be perceived as, um, you know, uh, empathetic, smart, knowledgeable, a helper, you know, um, caring and compassionate, you know, whatever it is, write it down on a post-it note. And right before you go out, you're going to look at that note and be those things, think those things, be those things, all of that to get in that right headspace so they can show up as the best version of themselves. And you can all pat yourselves on the back when this awesome interview comes out and you're going to be like, you nailed it. And now that is a piece that you can leverage for other opportunities. Um, <clears throat> you can also, you know, workshop like we would have loved to have talked about this or, you, you know, you, this would have been a really great place for this talking point. But, you know, remember for next time, um, definitely after the fact, you're going to want to do like kind of a postmortem and, and, and uh, just talk through like, how did you feel? Um, you know, you like, how can we make this easier? Maybe we take bullets and put them on note cards so you can just remember those key pieces really quickly and know when to plug them in in the conversation. All of that is going to really help your client nail it. It's going to make you look great. Your media contacts are going to love working with you. So that is how you prepare your client and will also make your job, your results better because it sucks when you're like, I got you an interview. I did it like, yay! and then they go on and they bomb and you're like, Ugh. and then it's just worse off. You know, it's like would have been better off if it didn't happen. And when you prep them and they feel confident and they have that right mindset going into it, it's easy and they're awesome. And that is also an asset you can leverage in your business. Okay. Um, but that's what I have for you today. Um, thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. If you're ready to up-level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. 
Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events, and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune into next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.